Music just seems to get louder and louder. Maybe it's just because we're getting older. And that I is definitely getting more <laughs> and more. Well, I like to play because I watch your reaction to the, yeah. the the listeners at home don't know this, but I'm not an audio expert, and I the music is loud in our <laughs> headphones, and so every time we play it coming in we, we you know we don't have to listen to it coming in but it, you know gets us in yeah, the mood gets us ready uh but she, the <laughs> headphones get further and further away from <laughs> laura's ears especially when the vocals come in because they've got that kind of like shrill mm-hmm. everything else is kind of bassy and that one's got kind of the treble to it and uh yeah it's unpleasant we're also old <laughs> we got to watch out for our hearing <laughs> oh no <laughs> Uh, this is our first time at 40. We're in our 40s. Uh, we're first time home home buyers. Uh, we're uh, in middle age. We're in our 40s. And we're figuring this out uh, one week at a time. My name is Nicholas. I'm here as always with my wife, Laura. Hello. Still working on that cue. Sorry. I never know. It's just when I say your name. Okay. Um, and we are still in the fun limbo period uh while our uh the sellers live out their last month in their former home which is now the home that we own although it still doesn't feel like like we own it yet nope uh we're still in our rental property that we all love so much and have taken such good care of and so so sad to say goodbye to it no i'm just kidding uh we are we are just kind of waiting um and unfortunately for our listeners i think you know things will pick up uh once we move in as far as things to talk about oh we'll have so much to talk about because we don't know anything that we're going to have to do it will be fun no apparently we're going to just write songs about it and turn this podcast into a performance piece (laughs) It's fine. Uh, but w- th- there are things happening. Um, you know, one thing that's really on the forefront of our minds is uh, anytime you move, you have to put thought into furnishing the place. So right now we're kind of thinking about that. Um, one thing about home ownership is that you don't necessarily just buy furniture, but sometimes you build stuff into the house. So We've talked about, you know, installing recessed lighting and installing new uh, electrical outlets and install, you know, building in some built-in shelves and built-in desks. and The great dream. Yeah, like that's all stuff you don't do when you're renting. You just don't. It doesn't make any sense. You don't build anything. You just kind of bring in furniture and then you move it out. Literally not allowed to attach things to walls. Right. So We haven't done that, but... All right. So... (laughs) We're, we're 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 dreaming about someday building or or you know building things into the house but right now we're furnishing and because we spent all of our money on our down payment and all of the rest is being saved for the upcoming mortgage payment uh we are dumpster diving dumpster <laughs> for furniture i mean just say it as it is procuring was so nice though 
Yeah, talk about your process because I'm not involved in this at all. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fun and you would be shocked at what's out there because lots of people end up in the situation for whatever reason they have to liquidate their life. So they're moving or they thought their thing would fit in their van that they're taking across country and then it didn't or thought, surprise, I had a bedroom that was smaller than I thought it was when I bought the house and now my expensive whatever doesn't fit inside anymore and I need to get rid of it today because it's out of my yard whatever so okay here's here's the I I feel like I'm not seeing any of that I bought this new furniture and it's not working for me Mm -hmm. type of furniture all the time that's just because you're not on no I'm saying the stuff that I've seen us get does not seem to be no because that that's stuff that costs money that is not what I'm getting Uh, no we are not there we're not even going for the used nice furniture we're going for the used I mean quality brand furniture that people are discarding is what we're going for right uh so I don't know think Craigslist a decade ago I mean you know Craigslist right so, of course yeah okay, this is well a this is another Facebook marketplace right yeah is that what you're doing yes and that's okay. so it's like I didn't know if you would know what that was. For everybody out there, Nicholas is a Facebook abstainer, which turns out was probably yes, but really I'm aware smart of in the long run. Well, I didn't know. So there are all these Facebook, it's like the modern way to garage sale. Instead of having stuff at your house and you open the garage door on one weekend, people just like put it up all the time on your local Facebook groups. And there are like ten around us. And I mean there's everything. Like I get sometimes kids clothes that way. That was my entry uh hook i mm-hmm. guess um because they don't use them and they grow out of them really quickly and right. why would you ever buy anything new um so that is something that i was doing for since the boys were little and i sell stuff that way too because also they don't use it and they grow out of it and we have tons of new stuff that is still new so then sure. you sell it yeah you like, know at a it's like the penny the it's like the the it's like the the penny tray at the gas yeah. station. You leave one or you yeah. take one. Yeah. Or like a like a those those um, lending libraries that people put in front of their homes. It's like you can leave a book or you can take a book. That's kind of what Facebook Marketplace is like. Sometimes I'm giving away stuff. Sometimes I need stuff. Yeah. And you, I mean, usually there's a price tag involved. Like you can buy expensive, really nice things from your neighbors or. You can watch for the really deal things. There's yeah. one There's one particular group. It's called Buy Nothing. And it is like a nationwide movement. And it has a lot to do with the reduce, reuse, recycle kind of thing, which is great. And so I give away things on there all the time. I occasionally pick up things there. It's, that's like a lending library. That's a, that's the lending library version. So it's all that's no cost for anything. It's stuff you want to get rid of out of your house. Is it its own website or is that a Facebook thing? It's a Facebook group. Called Buy, B-U-Y, Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. And it's very um, geographical specific. Mm-hmm. You can only belong to the one that is your direct neighborhood. They're very particular about the borders. You have to live within a certain range. And so there are different ones. Is this organized I mean, by Facebook? Nope. Mm-mm. Who so who makes sure who's there's, who's monitoring uh, that? There's like a administrator for each one huh. that is. I don't think they're like globally linked in any way. So this is like this is like, uh, like a very grassroots. a neighborhood watch kind of thing. Yes, like we're gonna do is, yes. the our neighborhood version yes. of buy nothing. Yes, that's exactly hmm. what it is, and it's very 
self-monitoring and people, I don't know who they are, but there are people definitely watching to make sure you are within the borders hmm. because if you're not, they kick you out and tell you to go to that group. Wow. I've seen it happen. What? Yeah. So who cares though? Like if you're willing to drive. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I guess the, I don't know. I don't do, know why it matters. Do, do they not want you to come and take the stuff from people or is it just if you're giving stuff away? No, it's just for giving stuff away. So but you I don't can know. go. You can go to know. your neighboring place to go pick stuff up. No, oh no, 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 because you're you're not. You won't be admitted to that group. You have to. <laughs> you have to submit your address and where you live and like get verified and answer specific questions to be admitted to the group. There's like a little application process. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It is, I mean, it's the internet Karens, obviously, that are monitoring who is coming and going in these groups. And I don't know why you care if I give it to somebody yeah. 50 feet away versus a mile away. I don't know why that's important. Don't okay. Know. But it is, evidently. So anyway, our little group that I am in the right center bullseye for is very active. Right gotten some good things on there by nothing you're talking about yeah 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 okay so this is the buy nothing group specifically um but last weekend there was a posting for some outdoor umbrellas you know like you Uh umbrellas and i said interested because that's something that they had in the yard before and was nice and they're taking them with them and it turns out it was a mom of one of our son's classmates, Uh which I didn't notice at all when I was answering. So then we started talking. So it's like, you know, that's the only person I've ever run into that I know well, but there are other people that I see on there. There's a couple other moms that I know on there. So are you saying this is a way to make friends? Yeah. (laughs) If you're really sad, go get some free stuff and meet some people. Well, sure. Anyway, so I've been watching that site closely. We almost got a pretty sweet, like really nice looking armoire that way, but we didn't have a truck fast enough. We didn't have a good solution to move it. We weren't really sure. It was far before we were ready to move into the house. So I let her pass it on to the next person. But, you know, I've been watching it a lot. So today I feel like is the cream of the crop buy nothing get as yet. Oh, tell us about it. Well, in our <laughs> in our third bedroom, which is conceived at the moment as the office, but we don't have that much office furniture, really, so there's going to be a lot of extra room in there, and at some point, we'll have guests that we don't know if our little guest house situation is going to be very nice very quickly for people, and at some point, kids will have sleepovers and you know, whatever. We'll need an- another sleeping place in the house, I think. Yeah. Is my point. So today there was a listing for a pottery barn twin trundle bed slash day bed with rattan. It is very nice quality. Free. 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 Can't beat that. Just got to go pick it up. Yeah. And it did rain last night, which is a rare occurrence in Los Angeles. <laughs> so this and bed has been rained on. Perfect. This bed has been rained Only on. Only slightly mildewed. Only slightly. Mattress got nothing. I don't know if we're going to use the mattress or not anyway, but the wood seems uh, okay. For anybody who's listening who may be staying with us, certainly we got a new mattress. Absolutely. 
Good no point. question. Yeah, that's not even in the garage anymore. Don't worry. So uh, my little addition to this, my my job uh, in any of this furniture transaction Facebook thing has been the transportation uh, administrator. Mm-hmm. So I have gone to pick these things up. Laura will text me the address and I'll go get it and wonder what we're going to do with it and assume that I guess we're going to paint it white. But that's about as far as I go. However, what I will say is uh, this ties directly into the middle-aged aspect of our show, which is I am so grateful to own a van. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much you can do. Yeah. We would be... All this furniture stuff? We would have no new furniture. Yeah. It's all... (laughs) You just throw it in the van. And today to go get this... um, uh, day bed piece of furniture um, which I only learned about when I was sent off to go get it uh, I was looking back and in the van that we removed the seats from to make more room uh, it's amazing it's so big right it's it's yeah. gorgeous and this is as middle aged as you can get when you look into you the back of your minivan, minivan and you're like oh that's just a glorious amount of space <laughs> yeah uh yep. yeah and it uh, yep. f- fit perfectly couldn't have transported it in anything else except maybe a pickup truck yeah sure but also a pickup truck you can't take you know seats in and out of you know what i mean like it's a yeah, it's a fantastic your, vehicle it's, yeah it's true all purpose we've used it for every purpose so the um furniture is slowly but surely <laughs> happening there was so, another piece yeah. Oh, go. Oh, I think you were going there. I was going to say like slowly but surely happening because we how long has it been now since we've been buying this house? Like three months. So for three months, I've kind of been adding to our warehouse, which is our garage. Which we can we no, no longer, longer park, park in, in, garage, in right. and we can barely walk through at this point. We're picking up some more shelves tomorrow. Also Pottery Barn. And I don't know if they're going to fit, but maybe. In the garage? Yeah. Or in the van? In the garage. It'll fit in the van. I think it's going to be a multi-trip one. Yeah. But they'll fit. So, the yeah, that's the, this is what we're doing in lieu of... So, built-ins are very exciting, but also, uh, you know, cost money. So, what we're doing in lieu of built-ins is we're buying... We're just buying shelving in the meantime. To, it's to very... Yeah, temporary band. Paint it white... Put it up or don't paint it white and just hodgepodge your house mm-hmm. together and live with it for 15 years and then eventually do the built-ins. And then you move. So that's the plan there with the furniture. I, you know, I can't tell you how curious I am to see this house bare mm-hmm. because the the thing about this house and part of the reason I do believe why we got it was because the previous owners did not put a single... Uh, did not lift a finger to make this house look sellable. Mm-hmm. They just let people come in while they were living their lives and you take it or leave it. And yeah, you know, it's not, I, staged it's, it's not sexy, all. which, you know, I, I, we could see past it. Um, there were other homes where we could not see past furniture. Like it really is an interesting aspect to the home buying process. Cause it is a whole business. Like it's, you know, staging a house to make it look um, appealing is a very real 
business and makes a whole lot of sense because a lot of it is psychological. When you walk into a house that's for sale, um, you know, it can look like a million bucks or it can look like goo. <laughs> What you know, this, this is fudge? this is old and mm-hmm. gross and all it is is aesthetics yeah. you know there is layout obviously is one thing but a lot of it too is like just how it looks like you just put in some modern looking furniture mm-hmm. you know maybe the right color paint and it makes a world of a difference and i think some of the homes we looked at while maybe the layout was part of it another part of it is just like this, this place looks looks dated mm-hmm. you know and i feel like if you had spent however much it costs it's probably not cheap to bring people in to just make it look modern makes a big difference. Uh, did you ever find yourself feeling like you maybe like were psychologically getting manipulated by? Well, I think I felt it more in the places that were staged because you kind of feel like you're walking into a hotel and not that. I mean, that's not how our house looks or would look in any means. <laughs> I think but I'm a lot more susceptible to it than you are. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I felt it more like in the, you know, new nice townhouse with the total staged like hotel looking vibe. It's like, oh, this just this just feels nice. Sure. Yeah. It's a little wooey. I I felt like there were some that looked like grandma that I just couldn't see past the grandma. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see past grandma. You rip that out and paint it white. That's it. But I can't see that. That's yeah. my thing. Like mm-hmm. I can't. It just always would look, but there are, there are also, you know, I don't know. It's hard, but it, it, I, I don't think anybody is, uh, Zen enough to be above the staging of a home Mm-mm. for good or for bad. Yeah. Like it's got to affect you. For sure. I mean, and this house that we purchased had zero staging. It was literally full of people's stuff. And really full. I mean, it was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like disgusting. No, though. no. And all I mean, the furniture was nice and it was nice. It was just like there's just a lot of stuff like accumulated over the 15 years that they lived there. And yeah, and it, it no, it was clean and nice and nice things, but just a lot in there. Did you find that affecting you at all? Or, or, well, if I'm not because we don't know what the house yeah, looks like yet. I know. I that's what we've been dying to see. Um, I can only assume that it will feel a lot bigger the next time we go back and it's empty and then it won't feel bigger again as soon as we get our stuff in there. So, you know, well, yeah, we've bought enough furniture for two (laughs) homes this size. Yeah. So we're going to be giving some stuff away in our front yard pretty soon too, but we'll see what makes the cut and what does not in the end. I don't know yet because it is very hard to visualize. I mean, again, we haven't been in this house for a month and a half now. And before that we were there for a couple of 15 minute increments and it was filled with stuff. So I don't know yet until we get there with a clean slate. I don't know where our couch is going exactly or the orientation. Like there's a lot to figure out still. I don't have my mind around that yet until we yeah. get there and get our stuff there and see the space in real life. The other thing that is kind of an unknown for us, and I think like a lot of renters, not all, I'm sure there's plenty of very gifted people out there. 
Uh, Were you ready to say hoarders? Is that what was no, coming? No, 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 no. Uh, but we, uh, you know, co- part of what comes with owning a home, which sometimes is part of renting, most times not, is landscaping. Oh. And this house had a lot of potted plants all over the place. She obviously had yeah. a green thumb. Very good. Very pretty stuff. But we don't know how much she's going to leave behind. I would like to think she's probably going to take most of it. She seems like she cares about yeah, her plants. I think they're going to be gone. And anything in a pot, I imagine, will be gone. But there's also stuff that's on the property mm-hmm. itself, which she's given us some pointers on. But I am very nervous and intimidated by that aspect of homeownership because we just haven't really done that. Mm-mm. But I think it's, I mean, for our intro point, I do think it's about as low maintenance as it gets. I mean, there's turf, <laughs> so there's no real grass. There's no Which mowing Which is smart situation. for California, yeah. Yeah, we're very drought-friendly and environmentally conscious. We'll just say that. Um, the plants that are in the ground, the ones that I can think of are all kind of desert plants so they don't need a lot of attention have they you need- thought though of mm-hmm. the you know you've got this kind of pie chart of your time mm-hmm. in your brain you've mm-hmm. got work and kids and you know all you know all these other things food and shopping and cooking and you know anybody me and you like you kind of have mm-hmm. to divide your time with all those different things and something we haven't really had to wedge in there At before yeah, no, is plants. To it. Yeah. And now we're going to have to do that. Right. And that scares me quite but, a bit. But, okay, it's only twice a month. We only have to pour some water on them twice a month. And then maybe once a month or every two months, we have to do a little trim, trim hair cut. That's a lot. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. I don't think that's that bad. Compared to what we've been doing. Well, yeah. But at least it's not a zero to 500 ramp up. Like we're not inheriting a 10 acre lawn with flower beds. It's not that at least. There's I feel like, I feel the, like the, we can deal. The front of the house is mm-hmm. mostly plants. That's yeah, what you see. But you water them every two weeks. I know, famous last words. Those two weeks are going to come around real quick. And the six weeks when you're like, oh, I haven't watered the plants is also going to come around real quick. Perfect time to give our kid who's been begging for chores and an allowance a job. That's a good point. Actually, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. I wonder if watering the plants would be like a really good way to get it out of our minds. Yeah. And then we don't have to do it. I think that solves it. There we go. Yeah, just give it to the kids. Still down for having him clean toilets, which he volunteered to do. And if the and if the plants die, it's a very easy way to know that he does not deserve the uh, allowance anymore. Oh no, that's a lot of pressure. But uh, you know, kids are achievement based, and the only thing left to be careful about is not overwatering them. Mm -hmm. You know, because he'll just get obsessed with constantly watering them Mm -hmm. so they don't die. Yep. But our problem would be the opposite: is we would forget. And then they would die after six weeks of neglect. <laughs> It'd be so sad if after, you know, two months, this couple that moved out of this home where they raised their family. That's what keeps drives, me up at night. Drives by in three months time and everything is wilted and dead. Given our track record, oh, that is what will no. happen. No, it won't. No, it won't. Given our track I, record. I think we can do this. If I, I were we betting. This. So if I were in Vegas and someone was someone gave me, you know, here's the history, you know, mm-hmm. this is these are the stats. 
I would bet on everything on this property dying <laughs> very soon. That's so sad. That I'm, I'm telling you, that's where I'm bringing it up is because that. Well, then we're just going to have to hire a gardener to water our every two week watering plants if we can't even handle that. No, we're going to be the ha- no because we can't afford a gardener, so we're going to be the <laughs> well, house the, on the street with the dead plants. Is cheaper than new plants. Plants are expensive. No, we're just going to let them die and turn brown, and no, we're, we're going to be that house. No, we're not. We can't do that. I hope not. This is where the uh, home owner pride comes in, though, right? I hope so. So we have to do a better job. And that is, this is, this goes right along with, you know, building things into your house. It's like a completely different mindset. And I hope, I really do hope that all of a sudden this house becomes a priority, whereas we really haven't had to worry about it as renters, kind of blissfully. Yeah. Um, you know, going forward, this will just be like a thing. Like we got to worry about the plants and we got to worry about, you know, fixing things and we got to worry about and worry maybe isn't the, the right word, but prioritize. Deal with. Um, you know, we want this to be a built in desk. We don't just want to have, you know, kind of this ill fitting, unmatching desk to be in the place. We want it to look like it's a part of it, an organic extension of the house. And, you know, those kind of desires and, chores and responsibilities are all brand new and for a 40 year old person <laughs> there's got to be an adjustment fa- i are mean maybe it will be magical argument here sorry are you making the old dog argument here for myself i do think given you know our thesis not thesis but premise of this show i think that is a very real part of buying a house having lived this long as a renter Uh, All of that, maybe it will be automatic. Maybe it will just click. Maybe sinking all of the money that you've saved over these 40 years or however many adult years you've been saving money. um, Maybe that will just inherently make sense. Um, and, And it'll just be natural. But part of me also wonders is, you know, have I been trained just even subconsciously all this time to not care about this stuff because I pay somebody else for that? I pay somebody else to worry about mm-hmm. the cracks in the walls or the That's leaks the in the ceiling. You know what I mean? The luxurious part of renting, the freedom uh, part that we always felt. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's going to require a little bit of retraining or if it will be automatic. I see. What do you think? Um, no, I mean, it's a new routine. Like, I think it will take us a little bit to get used to that, as any new routine does. But I don't think we're going to let our <laughs> house die under our eyeballs we've let every other plant we've ever had but die n- well yeah but not not literally not in our front yard though we never had to take care of front yard plants i know that's but what that's I'm what i'm saying there's more pressure there's more pressure to make us perform okay what do you think I think that our front door is a scratched mess that we don't care about. And that's also, you know, we're renting curb appeal. anything. Okay. It's different. So would we t- care about the garden if it was ours to take care of out in front of the rental? If we owned it and it was our, no, 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 yard, I'm saying a rental, a rental. Would we just let the plants die? Well, I think it depends. Are you in a block situation like we are with other people? Are you a standalone Thing with okay, your own let yard. me let me catch our viewers up because mm-hmm. we're getting a little inside baseball here. So yeah. we uh, are in a rental townhouse that's part of a forty-plus unit 
community. And we have a tiny front yard that is um, taken care of by the HOA. The HOA has gardeners that come in once a week to take care of it. Looks great. Our front door, every other front door in the community is looks like a normal front door. Ours. Do you have data? Have you looked? Yes. Okay. Ours was. Uh, host to a ill-fitting double-wide stroller. Didn't quite make it through, so it got scratched the hell up over the course of about seven or eight years. Um, And it, I mean, it is not, like, subtle. Our door is um, road hard and put away wet. And that, I feel like, that's like, you know, if we owned the place... We, we would probably wouldn't be cool with it. it. So yeah. my question is, if we owned this place and were responsible for the... or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where am I going with this? If we were renting this place and were responsible for the garden because it's out in front, do you think we would k- take care of it or do you think we would let it die like we did with the door? <laughs> I think it depends. Is there like are the other yards if people are taking care of their own yards, are they all really pretty and we're gonna be sandwiched in the middle? I don't know if we The doors are all really pretty. Yeah. Well, but that's different. We're not putting money in it in something we're not taking care of. We could water. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Because we've painted the interior of the house. Mm-hmm. That door needs more than painting though. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to fix that door. <laughs> I do not have those skills required to make a difference to that door. Okay. I'm getting lost in my own logic, but I do wonder. I like I just wonder. I just wonder if, you know, once we're settled in, you know, we're a few years deep, are we gonna and I assume that we will retrain ourselves to be able to really take care of something and make it nice. But up until now we have not cared about our house. Because that's we're the beauty. Through. It's yeah. the beauty of it. Yep. And I think anybody who rents should feel that way. I think, you know, if you're renting and you're putting any money into the value of your place, it's probably not smart. I think a lot of people probably don't do it. And part of the reason why we don't is because we've always been, you know, we've always tried to be like really low maintenance renters so that we don't rock the boat, Mm -hmm. you know, which is the other side of the coin is now we don't have to worry about that stress. Because as a renter in a place that's not rent controlled, you never know, you know, when is that number going to go up. But now we have the responsibility and no disposable income. So how does that jive? Right. Well, yeah, we got to save. That's the thing is that we do have to live with the um, buy nothing furniture until we can save a little bit and slowly add to it and i think that's just that's just where we're at i think a lot of people that buy a home for the first time probably in that very same situation where you know you've just kind of exhausted your finances give it a little bit of time and then you can you know remodel the x and then in a little while remodel the y and then re-remodel the first thing you know i think that's just that's that's like that's what the cycle that we're entering into that we've never in our 40 years ever had to worry about. Mm -hmm. I do think it's going to be a little bit of a downer, to be honest, when we go there and we're trying to like 
sandwich our current stuff into this new space that it wasn't ever thought about for that space and it's you know stuff the stuff we've all had for a decade or however long and it's all again because we've picked it up at our rentals and stuck a thing here in that corner and do you feel attached to any of the furniture that we have not much of it me neither i'd wipe it out and do it just start fresh if it if yeah. i had the choice but we don't have the choice no right but now. i think over time that we would mm-hmm. you know there are very few things that i am attached to right and i think that's just part that you know that's similar to the remodel thing which is like you know eventually you get a new couch and you get a new mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever china closet <laughs> I don't know what it, for all your China. I know couches, dressers, and beds. And I don't know what anything else is called. Um, yes, I think that's true. I mean, I think it's very normal, but I'm just expecting to have a little bit of a downer feeling when we get there, and it's like not as nice as we want it to be right away. Here's the saving we'll grace see. of that feeling: mm-hmm. is that this is not a fancy new house. This yeah. is an old house. That's true. This is a house that was built in 1952. When you walk into it, certainly feels that way. You know, it kind of expands as you go back, and you know, there's like additions and stuff that have been done to it. But it just—it feels a little bit like a hodgepodge. It's not fancy. It's not a new build. I think this house doesn't feel weird with, uh, you not know, super new. Yeah, kind yeah. of a hodgepodge of furniture, furniture in it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. And I, if we were moving into, like, there was one property that we looked at that was a new build that looked really, really fancy and er, uh, uh, modern, um, none of our furniture would make sense in there. And that would be a whole different um, mm-hmm. situation we'd be walking into. But that's one thing that I'm not worried about. That's a good point. Is, you know, this place will feel just right at home with <laughs> old furniture. <laughs> Hodgepodge furniture, yeah. Not that it's that old even, but yeah. Yeah, but hodgepodge. I mean, like not like it doesn't yeah, have picked to. picked up at different times. The yeah. furniture doesn't need to match the walls mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you right now could just style it how you wanted to style it, what would you do? No idea. I have zero interior design um, inclination. The only thing that I like is the only thing that I know that I like is minimalism, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to achieve it. I do know it's not cheap, um, you know, because it does require like kind of an all in um, uh, approach. You know, everything needs to kind of match and yeah. Everything needs to make sense and be simple, still be livable. So you have to have creative solutions for things. But that's the only thing I know that aesthetically I can look at a picture of and I like, but I don't know how to achieve it. I don't know how to achieve it either with our (laughs) lifestyle. No, I mean, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. You just need to know where to like put all those drawers and, you know, how to like make Mm -hmm. a room make sense. And I don't, Interior design is completely lost on me. Well, I don't you know what you like. I mean, you know, if you I know what looks good in a picture, a but I don't know how like to it make it. I don't yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. The, the answer is, you know, I would prefer things not to be cluttered. 
but I know that's not something that's in the cards for me. <laughs> well, we buy a bunch of those drawers you just talked about someday. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a long, long-standing understanding in our relationship is one of us doesn't mind things to be cluttered and one of us likes things prefers it not to be that way different tolerance levels yeah yeah um so something else i was reading about this week because this is something that has been on our minds is this i mean really on the forefront of our minds is the current housing market in our experience has been hyper competitive and um quickly increasing in price low demand or i mean um uh, low inventory high demand etc etc a lot of it has to do with the covid19 pandemic so i saw an article this week that i was very curious about it might have been clickbait but it seemed like it had some interesting points which was is the market gonna burst like it Mm -hmm. did 13 years ago Mm -hmm. have you read anything about this i've seen a lot of headlines about it but i also think you see those headlines all the time i don't think it's just right now so that makes me feel like that's always a conversation that's being had is is our prices finally going to go down and they never do so i don't know well what did this particular one they did in 2008 i mean at least the market burst i think what what um the reason why it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a question that's on the tip of people's tongues is because the market is uniquely um, hot right mm-hmm. now, everywhere. Um, everywhere in the United States, people are seeing prices that they've never seen before. And all of that leads one to wonder like, oh, well, how is this going to end? Mm-hmm. And everybody who's currently in the market has a very recent memory of whether or not they were involved in it or not. They were aware of the housing crisis in 2008. So what I read though was really interesting, which was the housing crisis was really brought more upon predatory lending tactics, which anybody who's seen the big, big short Mm -hmm. would remember um, with these subprime mortgages and um, adjustable rate mortgages, uh, basically creating a house of cards that uh, eventually fell. What they're saying about this current time is that the demand is organic and that the lenders are actually much more conservative now. Because they had that hard lesson, yeah. So... I, I'm not an economist. I'm really, really not the furthest thing from it. Um, however, I do wonder, you know, is it interesting or is it notable that now people are just looking for a home for reasons that they've never done before, at least not en masse, which is everyone's looking around their space going, well, okay, this isn't working for me, and now's yeah. the time to look. I mean, also because all of a sudden the work world has been turned on its ear, and now all of a sudden people need, need to go in the office. They're working from home. Well, I can work from home here. I can work from home in Colorado Springs or, you know, in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. or Raleigh. Um, the people are kind of 
starting to wonder like, oh, you know, maybe the internet has finally got us to a point where we don't need to be in the place that's super expensive. So it kind of leads me to wonder, you know, is that organic drive or organic urge to get a new house that we felt that everybody else seemed to feel, is it going to just kind of run its course and uh, allow the market to naturally um, adjust versus before when it was kind of a manufactured mm-hmm. thing? The um, bottom fell out. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. bottom fell out because people were promising things that they couldn't deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Does any of that make sense to you? Uh, have you read anything about that? How do you feel about that given the current situation that we've invested in, yeah. et cetera, et cetera? Well, uh, I saw something with that similar headline just a couple of days ago. I wonder if it was the same article. I was actually too scared to read it because I was like, I don't want to know anybody talking about the bubble busting after we've spent all of our money in this house. I don't right. want to know. I'm, it's too late for us. I'd rather just be oblivious for a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think in our particular area, I mean, there's kind of two ways to think about it. One, if it's true that people can flee the cities and they don't need to be geographically close to work in the big cities anymore, that could spell trouble because people are going to where it's cheaper to live and that might drive down demand in a place like where we live where it's an urban center. Yeah. On the other hand, we do live in a very desirable area of town near the beach. I don't think the desirability of this particular area is going anywhere but up because if anything the (laughs) the remaining i don't know riffraff second class citizens are the renters and older people who've lived there for 50 years and as soon as those houses become available by and large i think they're going to get snapped up and mcmansions are going to be built right and left and that's we see that happening all the time it's on every street So hopefully our geography keeps us safe enough in our investment that we're a little bit bubble protected. Yeah, I think so. I'm hoping. The other thing I was thinking there, I had one more point. Um, I'll tell you if it comes back. Just in general, does Mm -hmm. that logic make sense to you as far as, you know, the difference between now and before? Yeah, it, it does, definitely. And oh, I know the other point. So somebody had said this to me when we were looking is that the millennials are co- now coming up behind us and then coming to house ownership age. And there's a lot of them and they're, they want houses and they're starting to buy houses and they will be buying houses and they're on track to have, you know, same or bigger families than we do. So all those people are looking houses and there is a shortage in our area of single family houses yeah so i think that's the other thing that bodes really well that that's what we ended up in versus a condo situation because there's nothing that you can do to really fix that it is as it is and so there's always Mm -hmm. going to be lower inventory versus the amount of people that are trying to live here unless something else shifts as far as our personal Mm -hmm. investment goes Yeah. yeah Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what I, I tell myself to feel better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm really not concerned. I, I guess I'm, I'm more thinking about big picture, all of these people, not just us. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's you know, tons and tons of people that late COVID-19 are moving and buying. And I mean, really, I, I know quite a few people just in my own personal circle, which is mm-hmm. extremely small. 
um, who are buying homes right at the same time that we are. So there is something in the water. Um, and I, and I do kind of, it did make me feel better to realize that, no, this isn't, this isn't, um, like I was saying something manufactured or some kind of a parlor trick or a carnival trick by uh, big business, which I think was happening in 2008. And this is more just like how the market should work. Like there's demand period of time where demand maybe exceeds supply, which drives up the prices, but that's just how it's designed. And, and that's what makes capitalism great is that those things tend to work themselves out. Um, and again, I'm not an economist. Maybe that lends itself towards a bursting bubble as well, but I don't think that it's something like happened before, which was the jig was up on predatory lending. Mm -hmm. That's reassuring, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the lending is, at least from what I understand, it is a little more conservative. Mm -hmm. It's not quite so easy and you do need to be qualified. Whether or not we're qualified, we're going to find out (laughs) very soon. Well, knowing that how conservative the banks are nowadays and we still got the thumbs up vote, that makes you feel probably safe, right? I would like to think so. And we weren't even including my income. I can quit my job. We're on easy street and we're fine. So that's also concerning because that is not true. <laughs> I don't know how those numbers worked out in the bank's head, but I don't know. They did. So vote of confidence for us. Right. So, um, you know, the I'm trying to think I had I had one other thing to to bring up. We were we were talking about lending we were talking about um 2008 i can't i can't quite remember do you have anything else that's been on your mind this week while i try to remember what my my last topic was going to be we can talk about packing maybe we'll be talking about packing next week more because what we thought was a good idea we had this long luxurious move window of what two months from when we bought the house to when we'll actually move so we thought we'd get really prepared we do a little bit at a time take it really slow and then on the last day we just have a couple of boxes to box up however so you went to the u-haul store you got a crap ton of boxes yeah they still sit there looking at them uh again I here here's here's how I feel and this is very right now this is very current for us. I think we've got a weekend where the house is going to be tented for termites and we can pack. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a weekend where we can pack and move. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a weekend where we actually have movers moving furniture. And I think those three weekends are when it's really go time. Yeah. And for now, just enjoy it. Like I was saying last week, you know, the stress, getting stressed out about packing is something I've just decided to refuse to do. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. It'll be fine. I think those three weekends are plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, and that's just, you know, you do have to have a strategy, but you also have to be realistic when it comes to packing and I think packing is just a go time thing. Yeah. I'm glad you're feeling zen about it still. That's good. Yeah. Just doing a little check in. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't 
stretch two weeks before you play a football game. You know, you got to just stretch right beforehand. And I think that's kind of the way packing is. You, you pack and then you move. You mm-hmm. don't pack, stare at your boxes for six weeks and then move. <laughs> right. Just doesn't work that way. One of our fragile boxes already got dropped off the box tower. So, yeah, in I, the end, I'm not worried about off. it. It just gets to be like everything must go and you just do it and you and then and then it's over. I do hope that we can weed through stuff. That was the other thing we were concerned about. But again, I think next week and the following week will be much more in the zone for that. And for now, we can just enjoy this eye of the storm Mm -hmm. in the move. Um, We uh, finished the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Mm -hmm. the extended editions. How'd you feel about those? It was really good. It had been a long time since I'd watched it. Completely holds up. I didn't remember it very well. Mm-hmm. They were long, but I was sad when it ended. Here's the thing about the Lord of the Rings, especially the extended edition. It sounds like a lot. It's 12 hours, but I think that running time has been normalized by all of these HBO mm-hmm. series. series. Yeah. Um, we like to have those projects an hour a night, a couple hours a night to do. Uh, yeah. And the it like Keep the Lord of the Rings storyline. The Lord of the Rings movies really set a standard. I mean, I would almost argue that they kind of like set the stage for all of these types of shows, you know, Game of Thrones being chief among them, which even starred one of the original, their original season of that show had uh, Sean Bean, who was a star of Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it owed a lot to, oh, we can do this kind of long form storytelling. Anyway, I don't know. Lord of the Rings just felt great. Just felt like a glove. It worked. All the characters are great. We moved on, though, to a different franchise. We went from Why do I forget? I Lord of the Rings to yet. Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> right. Of course. The other similarly storied, epic, sweeping tale. <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, of course. From over 10 years I already ago. Forgot. I already forgot what we watched last night. I was trying really hard to remember. Yeah, of course. Uh, how dare you? Mm-hmm. No, it was pretty good, as I recall. Hot Tub Time Machine is, uh, it's it's fun when you get 10 years out. We're a decade plus away from Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) And when that thing came out, it was like, what is it? Like John Cusack is in this? Like what? It's, you know, obviously, you know, just the title alone, like this thing is very self-aware and kitschy and like, are they going for, you know, a cult classic right from the jump? Yes, they were. And and when you get 10 years away, you can be like, yeah, this is just like a really fun movie that I like and I don't care. But like when it comes out, they're trying to make money and they're selling it. And then if you let it sit for 10 years, then it's just a comfy comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those maybe are getting fewer and fewer. Um, and I think in a perfect world, Hot Tub Time Machine would have sat on its own. In a perfect world, it would have just been like this weird oddity of a movie with a great cast with an A-lister at the time. In John Cusack. And then uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2 came out. So they did try to franchise it. They probably couldn't resist, you know, the hangover era um, where, you know, everything was getting sequeled. And uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, John Cusack bailed on. Uh, oh, he's not into it? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He's referenced. I don't want to watch it anymore. Well, sure. I. Well, is. I mean. The other important person, why can't I think of his name? Office guy. Craig Rob- yeah. Craig Robinson is in, is in there? it. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the most important one, really. 
I have uh, an indefensible love for Hot Tub Time Machine 2. And I really can't explain it. I know it's not good. Objectively, it's not good. It's not even all that funny all the time. <laughs> but the characters are are enough that for some reason I'm just ready to go along with them. It's kind of like, like Jackass or something where I watched it enough where I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'll, I'll watch these guys do if their catchphrases over and, and over. You're, it's 10 at night and you have one or two queued up. Which are you pushing? Two. Interesting. Yeah. One, one is like a story that you can get invested in. Two is like a series of skills sketches okay i don't know i haven't seen that one yet so oh you're in for a treat uh okay so i think that's uh that's enough for uh our first time recording (laughs) movie corner we need a movie corner song or segment officially at this point that's not a bad idea yeah and then you can skip past it if you first time at four days it doesn't make movie corner you can see it right past it if you think it makes no sense why we suddenly go on a movie tangent for 10 minutes. Well, but maybe, maybe our listeners will love it. Here's, I don't know. Okay. So first time at podcasting, if you want to get into that, here's the thing. If you want a successful podcast, I think the only way you're going to get people coming back, and this is very narcissistic, but is only if they enjoy your company. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to your podcast people talk about their thing, but then also talk about just anything because you just kind of yeah. are used to the sound of their voices and their yeah chemistry. Their banter. Are you okay? I don't listen to that many podcasts. You listen to far more than I do. The ones that I've listened to are mom oriented, mm-hmm. and it's usually a couple moms talking about their kids and their lives. So they're very much talking about their lives and their kids and the funny stories and the whatever and the it's like the cast of characters. Yeah. Is that the same as talking about a topic? Yeah. A topic. I think that's technically a topic though. Yeah. Um, But I, I do think that any, you've got to stay on topic if you go too far, but we're really kind of talking about our lives as well. We're just kind of, focusing on this one aspect mm-hmm. of our lives which we will continue to focus on um and i would like to think again i know we're pretty much podcasting to no one but someday maybe somebody will stumble upon it who's in a similar situation and as they're listening to these people go through this process these people being us go through this process and when they're talking about, oh, the movies that they're doing at the same time, that will also be like part of it. Like, oh, yeah, I don't have to just be obsessed. There could be other things that I can okay. be doing or okay. thinking about or talking about. And also, and this maybe is th- I'll rent a hot tub time machine tonight. This is the narcissistic part is, you know, maybe they'll like us. Maybe we're likable. <laughs> and they just kind of get used to on their drive or during their workout or whatever, hearing the sound of our voice and us talking to each other, and then we can talk to each other about anything. So most of the podcasts I listen to, yes, are people talking about movies. Typically, mm-hmm. that's the ones that I gravitate to. But also, they'll go into tangents about other things, and I don't care because it's the people that I like. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's, yeah. And maybe maybe we'll turn someone on to Hot Tub Time Machine I too. I would be so excited if we help it continue being the quote classic sleeper hit that it is. And also, 
we're in a, I'll admit it, boring stretch of time when in the home buying process, which someday other people can prepare themselves for, that if you do rent back your place, there is a insufferable amount of time <laughs> where you own the house and aren't there, where you do just have to find solace in the you know, simple things like hot tub time machine too. <laughs> All right. That makes, it makes perfect sense now to me. And I hope everybody I'm glad I convinced enjoys you. our movie diversion corner. Uh, so that being said, I do think that's about all there is to discuss this. I, I know there was something oh, else man, I was thinking about, but it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, is there anything else that's mm-hmm. been on your mind this week or nope. anything that's worrying you or? No. Nope. Okay. Well, our the, payment's coming up. Our first mortgage payment will be coming up, but not quite yet. We got some time next week. We're still. We're st- it's still before the still date. Still in the clear. It? Okay. Yeah. All right. Nope. See. Nope. I got nothing then. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. All of our money that uh, was left over from the down payment and closing costs is intact, and we're gonna start hemorrhaging money. Oh, only just a couple of weeks. The clock is ticking. I don't wanna. All right. Well, that's enough. Uh, hopefully, you have enjoyed the sounds of our voices and our just rock solid chemistry <laughs> and come back for more next week. 10 years. Did we say that last week? We celebrated oh. 10 years. Yeah. Did we say that? Yeah. It was okay. our 10th podcast. Oh, and our we had champagne on air. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, that was only a week. No, ago. the champagne was a couple weeks ago. Oh, so confused. That was for when we closed. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. You guys start listening to the show more often. I know. <laughs> All right, that's plenty. Keep up with our apps. That's plenty. All right, Uh, as always, uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, this is our first time. We'll see you next time. First time in 40.